Good morning. You know, as I was pulling up, driving up here, and you see those mountains, California is just wonderful. You know, it's like the mountains migrate here, you know, once a year with snow on them. And the snow is where it belongs, where you can see it, but where you don't have to, to shovel it. And it's a great, great thing, and, and it's beautiful. And I know we complained, and we had, you know, a week of Stormwatch 2010, you know, what, whatever that means. I just imagine people back east somewhere just throwing things at their TV if they were to, you know, Stormwatch, I'll show you Stormwatch, there's seven feet of snow out here. Crying about an inch of rain. Anyway, I know a lot of people did have, you know, difficulties with mudslides and, and homes were, you know, devastated in that. And that's not something we want to take lightly. But we are fortunate and it's a beautiful day and we just get to enjoy it. And I'm glad we're here. Open your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. <clears throat> we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. Chapter 3, we saw that the Lord stopped the Jordan River. A lot of times we want to think parted like he did the Red Sea, but really what he did was stop the river from flowing upstream about 20 miles, and they were able to cross on dry land. And we pick up here where he stayed a night. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said, over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. It's amazing the things that we remember as well as the things that we forget. You know, right now it's the playoffs for football, those of you who are into football, and maybe your team hasn't you know, progressed, but if you're into football, this is an exciting time because you've got the best of the best playing and battling each other. And it's coming up to Super Bowl. And everyone knows Super Bowl Sunday, it's a huge event. People make parties, plans, there's food Networks that devote their time to how to make little, you know, eggs look like footballs and, and all this stuff. And millions and millions of dollars will be spent in advertising and production for this event that has become just a, a national pastime. And it's huge. 
And yet, if I were to ask you, who won the Super Bowl six years ago? <laughs> Actually, no. Who was even in the Super Bowl six years? That was a good guess, because you know they've been there a lot. But six years ago, it was the Steelers and the Seahawks. Did you guys know that? <laughs> was that five years ago? Well, maybe five years ago. Okay. You got me, Ben. <clears throat> Some people watch way too much football. <laughs> Most of you, besides Ben, didn't know. I didn't even know the Seahawks made it to the Super Bowl. I don't even remember that. Uh, Anyway, that's another story for the Seahawks. But here's a huge event that most of us don't recall. It's something that so much time and effort and publicity is put into it, but most of us don't remember. But then the things we do remember, it's funny. There was a, a, a car accident years ago. I must have been eight years old. It happened outside my parents' workplace, and my brother and I went outside to see what had happened. You know, it was just a little fender bender. It was nothing big. And my brother, he was older than me. He might have been 12 or 13, and he said, we better remember the license plate numbers because, you know, if there's a police investigation and they ask us what was happening, we're eyewitnesses. And, you know, he sounded important, you know, try to make a boring day exciting, I guess. And so... Went out there and he says, remember that license number? And I said, okay, I'll remember this license number. Just a few years ago, this is like 40 years ago, okay? A few years ago, my brother goes, so do you remember the license plate number? And I said, you would have to be a freak of nature to remember something like that. And no sooner had the words left my lips when the license number popped up into my head. I don't know what that means. But I remember it was T-U-T-1-1-0, Tut-11-0. I remember that. Why do I remember that? I don't remember where I put my keys, but I remember the license plate of a car 40 years ago in a fender bender. And it's amazing the things that hold our attention and stay and the things that slip away. And you see, one of the, the tragedies is that important things slip away. I believe it was Shakespeare who said, it is the scourge of man that he forgets. And that is so true. And, and we see that with the nation of Israel. We, we see these things taking place with them, and it brings comfort to me, because I have talked to some of you and I've heard God do amazing things in your lives. You've told me how God has provided miraculously for you, how God has touched your life, how God has changed your life, and you're excited, you're beaming, you, you can hardly contain yourself, you're excited, you're just dynamic in your, I want to serve God, I want to live for Him, and the next day comes by, and I get a phone call from you. I don't know if God's there anymore. I'm like, Wait a second. Who is this? Check the number. 
Where's the person from yesterday? Put them back on the phone. I want you to be encouraged because Joshua was there too. Something about us that just leaks. God pours into us and we just leak. He pours blessing out on us and, and we forget. And what's needed is to, to bring a place in our minds where we can, that can help us to remember. I mean, we saw in chapter 1 that Joshua four times had to be told, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid, take courage, don't be terrified. Joshua, the one who was leading, had Joshua not seen what God had done? He had. All the way back in Exodus Chapter 12, verse 14, it says, This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. That was the Passover, when God delivered the nation of Israel out of Egypt. The plagues that took place, the miraculous things that God did to deliver the nation of Israel. Joshua knew about that. He knew about the parting of the Red Sea. You would think that is enough to last you your whole life. You part one sea and I'm good for 70 years. But that's not the case. And then as they wandered in the wilderness, God would provide manna. Manna means, what is it? And that's exactly, they didn't know, what is it? I don't know, but it was food from heaven that would come down and it was like this baked thing and it would last for one day. They could collect it and it was enough food for that day except on the Sabbath it would last for two days. You would think something like that would be proof. I mean, every day you're granted food from heaven to sustain you in this journey out in the desert. What else do you need? God's delivered us from Egypt. He's parted the Red Sea. He's provided for us every day out here in the wilderness. I, don't, I would not doubt again. Not only that, but he, he poured out water from a rock when we were thirsty. There was a, a pillar of fire that led us at night and a cloud that hovered over us during the day protecting us. God's presence is there. You think that would be enough? But Joshua had to be encouraged. Because he, like us, forgets, doubts, struggles. And now here they cross the Jordan. Another miracle. We saw that it was flood season last chapter. And as they cross over the Jordan, Joshua says, we need to remember this. And so the 12 men that he talked about last chapter, we see their use in this chapter. They have to, after everyone crosses, it's funny, later on it says they hurried across. I would too, you know. You've got to imagine, the, the river stopped some 20 miles away, and so you're walking, and 
It's, it looks clear, but you know any time now that river could be coming. So you could imagine walking pretty briskly across the Jordan there. They make it across, and then he says, okay, you 12, go to the middle where the Ark of the Covenant is, where the presence of God was, and pick up a stone, put it on your shoulder. So we know they had to be good-sized stones. You know, it's not like, okay, everyone picks up a stone and you grab a rock. I got mine, you know. <laughs> I'll put mine on top, you know. They, they had good-sized stones that they had to take across to be a memorial, because Joshua knew they would forget, just like we forget so often. In 1 Kings 18, there's another story, Elijah. He confronts the prophets of Baal. And he says, I'm going to challenge you. Whoever is God is God. Let them consume the sacrifice. You put your sacrifice, pray to your God. When you're done, I'll bring the sacrifice and pray to my God. And let's see who is the real God. And some 450 prophets of Baal are cutting themselves, are, are praying and chanting of the sacrifice that Baal would come and consume the sacrifice. And Elijah is mocking them, saying, well, maybe he should talk a little louder. He can't hear you. He actually says at one point, well, maybe he's disposed or maybe he's in the restroom. You know, hey, when you got to go, you got to go. You know how, how it is with your God out there. And he's mocking and taunting them, and finally the time comes, and he, he takes his offering, and he has everyone pour water on the sacrifice. And it's at a time of drought. And as he drenches the sacrifice, he says, do it again. And then he calls out in the name of the Lord, and fire from heaven comes down, consumes the sacrifice, licks up all the water that is around there. And the people say, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And then he wipes out the prophets of Baal has them killed, prays for rain, and it rains after a drought for years. And you think, man, a man of faith. And then he hears Jezebel's out to get you, and he runs for his life. He picks up his skirt, and he ties it up, and he just runs for his life, and then he prays to God that he would die. Talk about suffering from bipolar. <laughs> this guy was on top of the world, and now he's running for his life and praying, God, God, just kill me. What happened in a moment's time? You see, it doesn't take years for us to forget. Sometimes it just takes a moment. It just takes a circumstance. It takes just an instant for us to lose that faith, to lose that trust in God, to lose that connection that we had just moments ago. Does anyone experience that? Anyone find, how can I be so faith-filled at one moment and so faith-lacking the next? What is it? It's our condition. It happened with the disciples as well. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. I love this account. Chapter 16, starting at verse 5. 
said, when they, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Now, it mentions that they forgot, so they were probably supposed to. You know, they didn't have a whole lot of duties, but one of their duties was, hey, you guys, don't forget the bread, and they forgot. You ever been there? Oh, man. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the, the yeast or the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Oh, there he said it. He said the yeast. We forgot the bread. They discussed among themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, I like this, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourself about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves and the five thousands and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves and the four thousands and how many baskets you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And we know he's talking about hypocrisy. And here we see the disciples. Once again, God has done incredible things. They've had baskets and they're fed 5,000 and they're freaking out because they forgot the bread. And you see, the tragedy isn't that they didn't understand. The tragedy is that because their focus was on the wrong thing, they were not hearing the right thing. Because they were so consumed with the circumstance and what they'd forgotten, they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. And they weren't able to receive from God because they were fixed on the wrong thing. And that's what happens to us. We cross the Jordan. We enter into the promise. God is working miraculously in our lives. We are sure of it, but an instant happens. Something happens where our focus is off of what God has done, and we do not hear the voice of God any longer. We do not hear the truths of God speaking faith into our souls. Why? Because we forgot the bread. Because the electric bill is due. Because I need new tires on the car. Because I went to the doctor and they found something. And now our circumstances are focused on the bread instead of the words that God is speaking that are to carry us beyond. And we are all like that. We are all in the same situation where we so easily forget. And you see, Joshua was there. He was there just three chapters previously when Moses had died and he had to take his place. And God had to tell him, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. And he had to recount God's faithfulness and God had to speak courage into his life just like he has to speak it into our lives time and time again. It is something that we all need. In Psalm 111, verse 2 and 4, it says, Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's caused his deeds to be remembered. That's why it's so important to read the scripture. Why? Because it reminds us. 
It is a memorial to us of what God has done. And when you're in despair and you're feeling dejected and you're feeling that God is distant, sometimes just opening up and reading a psalm will spark something into you, will speak into you, will be stones that remind you of what God has done. And maybe you need to set up stones in your own life, something, a memorial to remind you. Maybe it'll be a journal. Maybe it'll be markings on, in your Bible that reminds you of when God spoke to you through this passage, promises that he's given to you, dates when he answered a prayer. I was going back and reviewing and, and putting down on a, piece of, well, actually a document, some of the old blogs that I had written. And back in 2007, when I was going through a, a real difficult time, I was going through and reading those things, and I was being encouraged because I saw the hand of God in my life in a really dark and difficult time. And as I was reading them with Corrine, some of them just, I would start welling up with tears because I was seeing those stones and the reminder of God at work in my life. One thing I wrote right after an event where I lost my job and, and I was afraid. And I wrote, what you are doing in me, do thoroughly, Lord. Work faithfully in my heart until it surrenders in complete worship. What are these struggles in light of eternity? If there are greater battles ahead, how much greater will be the joy of your presence? Engrave your will on the core of my being so I am scarred forever by your touch, even as you are forever scarred by the cross. When the weight of this world is too heavy, I will bow my knee in prayer. When the pain too great, I will cry out to the God who holds the world, for I know that the God who holds the world holds me. And when the burden is lifted, I will rejoice. When the morning light breaks the darkness, I will greet its light with your praise. I will sing again for joy and remember how you sustained me with your strong love and strange peace. I remember reading the Psalms and being filled with faith when I wrote that out. And as I was reading back over it, it was a reminder to me, do you remember God in your life in that time that was so dark? And I do. And the Lord wants that for each of us. These stones are a memorial, not only for you, but for your children so that you can tell them the time that the Lord did this in your life. Are you sharing the things that God has done with you with your children so that they can be a part of the blessings that God has done? And you see, there's one last memorial that we are to have. It's something that Jesus left us to remind us of how much God loves us. In Luke 
chapter 22, verse 17. It says, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Communion is for us to remember Jesus given for us. It is our memorial that connects us to the love of God forever. This Thursday night, we're going to be partaking communion together. I invite you to be a part of that where you can enjoy that time with us where we remember. And you see, just as the nation of Israel took and put those stones and laid them on this new promised land where they were dwelling, that were once in the middle of the river and now stood as a memorial saying, remember what God has done. He is with us. He has gone before us. When we take the bread and the cup, we are saying, remember what God has done. He is with us. He has prepared the way for us. And when you doubt if God is there and if he loves you, Remember what Jesus said. This is my body broken for you. You think I don't care? You think I don't know where you're at? I gave my life for you. And it's to be a reminder for us to get us out of the funk that we get in. And we get in it. To take our heads off of the, the circumstances and put them on the faithful God who does amazing things. And so this morning, my hope for all of us here, that wherever you are at, whatever you are going through, wherever you find yourself, maybe you're worried because you didn't bring bread. And God's voice is trying to speak into your life, but you're not hearing it. That you would be able to look and see the memorial that God has left for you in the person of Jesus. What he has done for you because he loves you so, so much. That he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is with you till the end of the age. And he who has called you is faithful. He's faithful. He took the children of Israel through the Jordan. He will take you through the trials of your life and will see you through. Make a memorial in your heart of what God has done in your life. Write them down somewhere because we forget. We so easily forget. I, I was ashamed thinking of all the things that God has done in my life and how many of them I have forgotten. I remember some, but there's a lot of them. It's like, I know God did some amazing things, but why can't I remember them? We forget. And we just leak. So set those things up in your heart and may the scriptures be a memorial. May the communion that we celebrate be a memorial. May you have moments in your life that are established where God can remind you 
how faithful he is. Let's pray. Lord, you have told us that heaven and earth will pass away, but that your words would never pass away. You've told us not to love this world or the things that are in this world, for the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are are not from you, but they're just a part of this world. And the world and all its lusts will pass away. But the one who does your will abides forever. Father, help us to set up a memorial within our own heart, to establish in our lives the times that you work, the times that you speak to us so that we don't forget. So when you part the waters for us, when you provide the manna for us, when you feed us, we don't continue and forget that we would strengthen ourselves with the things you have done, the things you are doing, and the things that you will do. May we make your work in our life important. Help us to remember. Help us to set up memorials in our lives that will remind us of how faithful you are. Lord, even this Thursday when we remember the cross and we honor you, Father, may our hearts be overwhelmed with your love, with your goodness, with what you have done for us so that we can be called your children. Lord, I pray you would Remind us, help us remember how good you are, how good you have been, that we would trust you for tomorrow. For it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.